Hey guys, it's Tim and this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. Now, most of today's podcast, most of the show today is going to be going over all the WWE release stuff from yesterday. 21 wrestlers in total were released by the company, so we'll talk about them, give you a little context on who is who and what is what and this and that, and... Go from there. We're also going to talk about a big match being, I guess you could say, set up. Not yet advertised, but set up for tonight's SmackDown per PW Insider. We'll give you an update on Jade Cargill. Maybe talk Randy Orton because there's a little bit to Randy Orton. And then we'll give you some injury updates on both John Moxley and Adam Cole. That can lead to some changes for the Wrestle Dream at pay-per-view. But we've also got Luke right over here with us. We haven't seen Luke since... Our raw review since we don't got you on Wednesdays anymore. So, Luke, how's your week been? My week's honestly been all right. You know, didn't really get a lot of homework this week, so that's good. I also don't have to work this weekend, so nice. that's good as well. That's good to hear. Got to relax. Just take it easy. Oh, yeah. But I got I to got work a football game next Saturday, though. Ooh. You want another one of them ESPN ones? Uh, Yeah. Very cool. I'm, I'm, do I'm jealous. Or like video or video stuff. Yeah, I'm jealous. But it, it takes it it takes a while though. Like oh yeah. you're there for a long time. Oh, I bet. Because I've done not sports production stuff, but I've done like for conventions and and like business talk stuff. So I know how it kind of goes. A little different, but not all the same. But with that, I want to say thank you guys for joining us here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games, free stuff of four games, and you always get one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also remember to head over to YouTube, hit that join button, and become a channel member. Finally... Head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming a free game or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, or Fall Guys, use this code right here, PWUnlimited at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. Next Thursday, Disney Speedstorm goes free to play for everybody, and you can download it from the Epic Game Store. And when you do, and I'm saying when you do, because you're going to want to play this game, use this code, P-W-U-N-L-I-M-I-T-E-D. You may ask, what is Disney Speedstorm? It is Disney's version of Mario Kart, created by Gameloft. And this game, in, in my opinion, if you've seen any of my Speedstorm streams, because I got into early access, I paid for it. It's worth paying for. And I like this game better than Mario Kart. I will say it for sure. You can play as Mickey. You can play as Goofy, Minnie, Daisy, Donald. You got characters from Hercules. You got characters from Lilo and Stitch. Next season, next Thursday, when they drop season four, they're going to have characters from Aladdin coming into the game. Like, go to the Epic Game Store next Thursday. Download Disney Speedstorm. You will not be disappointed. And use this code right here P W U N L I M I T E D at checkout when doing so. Doesn't cost you anything extra. Just kicks us back. I don't know how the free games give us a kickback, but it does. It helps us tremendously. Everybody needs to play Disney Speedstorm. That game is fantastic. It's probably the most played game in my household right now. Probably now more than Fortnite. Also on the Epic Game Store, what are the free games right now? Free games did reset today. They are Out of Line and the Forest Quartet. Haven't played Out of Line. I watched a friend play Forest Quartet. It looked pretty good. So those games are free right now on the Epic Game Store. Use our code PWUnlimited at checkout. Now, time to get in the meat and the potatoes. Time to get into the not-so-easy topic to talk about. Yesterday, 
21 wrestlers were released by the WWE. Whether they were main roster wrestlers who have been around for a while, NXT superstars that you may or may not have heard of, or trainees at the Performance Center, 21 people were actually let go. We're going to give you the full list of names really quick right here, give you a little bit of uh, who they are and this and that, and then we'll get into the different releases and different info that we've gotten over the last 24 hours. So first off, the first name that came to light was Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali was the first talent to break the news of the releases. And they took to social media on September 21st to reveal that he is no longer working with WWE. Ali started with WWE in 2016, where he made his debut in the Cruiserweight Classic Tournament. Throughout his tenure with the company, Ali wrestled on Raw, SmackDown, 205 Live, most recently in NXT, and even earlier this year, had made it public. He wanted it out of the company, and it asked for his release, and that got denied. Well, what, nine months later, he got that release. Uh, the next name we learned of was Emma Tenniel Dashwood. Emma also took to social media early in the day to share of her release on September 21st. Uh, she had just returned to WWE last fall in 2022. She didn't work a lot, but she did work some in WWE. We did see her kind of paired with her real-life fiancé, Riddick Moss. We kind of tried to do something with them, but it was on and off and didn't really go anywhere. Uh, she last wrestled for the company on the July 10th episode of Raw, losing to Shayna Baszler. Uh, Rick Boogs was then let go by the company. Boogs, real name Eric Bugenhagen, made his debut for the company in 2017 on the NXT brand. In 2021, Boogs moved to SmackDown, where he was paired with Shinsuke Nakamura in a very successful act. Unfortunately, he got injured at uh, WrestleMania in Dallas. He then last wrestled in the Slim Jim Battle Royal this year at SummerSlam. After he basically, coming back from the knee injury, he was never the same. They never pushed him the same. They tried to do something with him and Elias, and it just didn't work out. Aaliyah also revealed on social media that she was no longer with the company. Aaliyah is somebody that's been around for a while, but not really used much. Yeah, she's a former uh, women's tag team champion, but when she lost those women's tag titles, then they just didn't use her. Aaliyah signed with WWE in 2015 and spent nearly six years in the NXT department. So she was drafted to SmackDown in 2021. Aaliyah last wrestled for the company September 12th, 2022, an episode of Raw where she did lose the... Her and Raquel Rodriguez lost the women's tag titles. We then got Elias being um, released by the company. This one was a little bit of a shock, but again, we hadn't seen Elias in some time. So it's like not a huge shock, but kind of a shock because we know that he's a guy that no matter what, you put him out there and he's going to get over. Whether that's a babyface or a heel, whether that's Elias or Ezekiel. Elias joined NXT and WWE in 2014. He made the jump to the main roster on Raw in 2017 and had a lot of different things go his way in the company. Wrestling big names like Seth Rollins, Shane McMahon, Roman Reigns, John Cena, The Undertaker, and so forth. He also played his own brother, Ezekiel, and had a number one album on iTunes. So, I mean, he got he got a lot of things going his way. He's last wrestled a Battle Royal in 2013 on Monday Night Raw. What's up? Well, the thing I was, I was honestly really surprised about Elias because, like, he was a guy that Vince really liked because, like, the thing that Vince really liked about him was that he never really said no. He was right. like... Kind of like the Miz, where like you can have him do all this stuff, and Elias was like, "All right, I'll make the best of it." Like, mm -hmm. like he was just a guy that just never said no. So exactly. that's why I was really shocked about that. Same here. But it's like we'll get to it with Dolph Ziggler, kind of like Matt Cardona, where he was one of those guys that anything you put in front of him, he tried. He never said no for the most part. It was more of, "All right, let's see how we can make it work," and then he got released in. 2020, 2021, something like that. But and the next name, Fightful did reveal that uh, AJ Francis' top dollar had been released by the company. This is an interesting one, though, because we only heard of top dollar being released, but not the other members of Hit Row. No B-Fab and no Ashanti the Adonis. So this is an interesting one of top dollar being released, but only top dollar from Hit Row. Top Dollar did return to WWE in 2022 after being released in 2021. All of actual Hit Row was uh, did return, but we haven't really seen them much on WWE television. He was last seen on TV losing to LA Knight on the August 11th edition of Friday Night SmackDown. 
Another name released, Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss joined WWE all the way back in 2014 after having a stint in the NFL. He had only ever worked for WWE, didn't work any other wrestling companies before that as he came from, again, football. He was called up to the main roster in 2019, winning the WWE 24-7 championship shortly thereafter. He would later be paired with Baron Corbin as Madcap Moss, where he saw, I guess you could say, the most of his success. He was last seen in the promotion on the September 11th edition of Main Event, losing to Bronson Reed. Another one that kind of came as a shock, Shelton Benjamin was released by WWE. During his most recent run, he was a successful tag team with Cedric Alexander and part of the Hurt Business. Shelton is a former Intercontinental, 24-7, Slammy winner, U.S. champion, and more. Then, the biggest shock of them all, Dolph Ziggler was released by the company. This one was such a shock, John Cena and The Rock even tweeted about it. Dolph Ziggler uh, was released by WWE. As far as I've seen, Dolph has not made any public comments himself about this release, but Ziggler is, well... Known for having one of the biggest pops ever in WWE, modern era at least, if not all time. When he cashed in on Alberto Del Rio with Money in the Bank after WrestleMania 20, correct me if I'm wrong, 7, I think it was? I think it was, uh, I think it was after 29, I believe. Was it 29? It was. Oh, yeah, you might be right. Yeah, 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 you're right. Because Del Rio lost at 27 to Edge when Edge then retired. I'm, I'm thinking way wrong. You're right. It's 29. Now that I'm thinking about it. But Dolph came out, cashed in, won the won the World Heavyweight Championship, and just that pop for when he cashed in almost rivals Seth Rollins' pop from WrestleMania. So that's huge. He's a two-time World Heavyweight Champion. He's won every other title almost that you can win in, in WWE, NXT titles, and so forth. So John Cena got a big 20th anniversary celebration. Uh, was it last year? Dolph Ziggler was less than a year away from 20 years in WWE. This man was less than a year away from getting a big annual 20-year celebration, probably. And they're going to... Re- like, how cool would it have been to get a Dolph Ziggler 20-year anniversary celebration like we got for John Cena? I don't know if they would have done it, but I mean, for all the crap that he did in this company, he started off in the Spirit Squad. Nikki of the Spirit Squad. And then went on to be Dolph Ziggler. They asked him to dye his hair. They asked him to be a blonde. He did it. They asked him to cut his hair. They asked him to be paired with Vicky Guerrero. He did it. Everything they asked Dolph Ziggler to do, he did it. And did it to the highest degree. One of the greatest pro wrestlers ever in WWE from an in-ring standpoint, from a character standpoint. Dolph is a national treasure in pro wrestling. And I think he is going to be the one that everyone's going to want to sign. Now, I can see him going to AEW and not just because his brother's there. But I can just, he's a guy that I think fits with the AEW style, the AEW humor, I guess you can say as well. And the one thing that I've been seeing as far as support for Dolph goes, I can't remember who it was that tweeted this, but one person tweeted, the one, th- the one lesson I learned the most from Dolph Ziggler is have outside things. Like, don't put your eggs in one basket. Dolph did a lot of stand-up comedy stuff outside of WWE. And so I saw some people saying that that's the biggest advice he ever gave me. Don't have just wrestling as your only name in the game. But yeah. Uh, someone in the YouTube chat said he actually started out as Travo's golf caddy. Was that, but no, that was after, was that after the Spirit Squad or before? I thought that was after Spirit Squad. I'm going to look that up now. Because I know he was the golf caddy, but I thought that was after Spirit Squad. That was between um, Spirit Squad and Dolph Ziggler. And, and Fonzie, just to uh, clarify, he was not Chavo's golf caddy. He was Kerwin White's golf caddy. Remember they changed Chavo's name for some reason to Kerwin White? Okay, so that was briefly... Okay, that was briefly right before the Spirit Squad. Literally right before the Spirit Squad. Gotcha. Um, so this says... That was 
September 2005, Spirit Squad debuted the next January. So yeah, right before Spirit Squad. Gotcha. I always thought it was after. As far as like what Dolph can really do next, I can totally just see him just doing just more stand-up comedy full-time. Well, he's going to want to wrestle. He's going to want to wrestle. I could see it. Well, yeah, I think, you know, he's 43 years old. So maybe, maybe from his point of view saying like, like I'm 43. So like, why continue to put my body at risk? And I'm already so good at at stand-up. True. But here's the thing. He's 43 and WWE hasn't been using him a lot over the last couple of years. So it's not like he's 43 and been on the road doing four days a week, every week with WWE. He's had a lot of time off. And so his body's probably pretty rested up. And say he goes to AEW. Say he goes to Impact. Very light schedules there. Maybe he wants to be a Cardona and do a bunch of stuff on the indies. I don't know. But I think, you know, he can get a good, easy schedule for him. Um, yeah, we're going to time you out, Burn. I don't even want to... If anybody tries to put a release in the chat that's incorrect, you're getting timed out. And if you do it a second time, you're getting a full-on goddamn ban. We're not doing any of that. We're not doing the... And I'm not even going to read your your message. I'm just going to time it out immediately. We're not doing the whole, so-and-so got released when they really didn't. We're, We're No negativity, no bullshit here. We're also like, don't try to like predict who's going to get released next. So from... Here's the other thing. From what we know, these are the only 21 releases. Now, unless some other name comes up from like the performance center or something we hadn't heard of yesterday, no one else is expected to be released. No more phone calls are expected to be made today. So, uh, keeping on with the list, this one's an interesting one. Quincy Elliott confirmed on Instagram that he was let go by WWE. And we have a little info on this from Sean Rossap of Fightful. Uh, He basically stated last night on a live stream talking about releases, Quincy Elliott was trouble. Quincy Elliott caused all kinds of issues for the staff in WWE. It was somebody that was always going to be up next on the chopping block. No other way to put it. Quincy Elliott was going to get cut. So that does come from Sean Rossap of Fightful last night. Uh, Elliott signed with WWE in 2021 and had been part of NXT and NXT Level Up. He was, quote, the Super Diva, and last wrestled in on July 21 episode, the July 21st episode of NXT Level Up. There was also some drama with him and Booker T, apparently Booker T, and I don't know the full, but there was like some drama with them. People saying that, I don't even want to get into it because I don't know the full story. Uh, Bryson Montana, Confirmed on Twitter that he had been let go by WWE. He last wrestled for the company on the June 16th edition of NXT Level Up. And he debuted just early, uh, middle of last year in May of 2022. Only ever really worked Level Up and some NXTs. Then another one that was kind of a shock. Because, again, like we talk about those people that will do anything. It's Dana Brooke. Dana Brooke has been around for a, about a decade now. And was always just up for anything. Dana Brooke was released yesterday. She had been part of WWE since 2013 and was called up to the main roster in 2016, being paired with Emma at one point and then Charlotte Flair. During her time in WWE, she held the the WWE 24-7 championship 15 times. And she was literally on NXT, what, a week ago on the 12th, losing to Lyra Valkyria. And they even had a video segment on NXT this week talking about Dana Brooke and her feud with Lyra and is Dana turning heel? Is Dana not turning heel? What are we doing? Like there was a whole story going on with Dana Brooke and NXT and they just said, which leads me back to Mustafa Ali. This is a weird one. Mustafa Ali was supposed to be uh, challenging Dominic for the NXT North American championship on September 30th in Bakersfield at no mercy. Hell, Mustafa Ali was on NXT this week saying, I'm coming to Raw next week to watch Dominic versus Dragon Lee. And now the guy's gone. Yeah, like that was a little bit of a shocker. I mean, 
maybe from like WWE's point of view, they're like, oh, this guy he asked for his release in the right. past, and he kept and he kept fighting for it. So, so we'll just give him his release now. Exactly. But, but now that guy did it at the wrong time, though. I feel like because this guy, like, he's getting pushed right now. He's kind of he was getting pushed. He was like putting his heart and soul into it. So and now he's gone. Now the big question is, what happens with the No Mercy match? Does Dragon Lee win on Monday against Dominic, and then the rematch, Dominic and Dragon Lee, is at No Mercy? I don't know. I'll be at No Mercy. I got my tickets. So we'll see how that show goes. And here's the thing with Mustafa Ali. So when he asked, when he requested his release about a year ago, you know, he said he wanted to do some stuff outside of pro wrestling. Right. Some of those things that might have, let's say, expired. Okay. Because, like, let's say he wanted to do, like, let's say acting. Right now, he can't act because of the rider strike. Well, that might be ending soon, according to multiple it, different reports. It could be, but at the same time, it's like if there was like a certain movie he really wanted to do, let's say that movie already happened. Well, yeah, well, true. I mean, it's not like WWE has said no to their wrestlers doing movies. Seth Rollins is going to be in the next Captain America. Becky Lynch filmed us an unreleased scene for um, The Eternals. So, but as we go forward, talking more releases, Mace and Mansoor, or Masse and Mansoir, were released by the company. As far as Mace does go, uh, Dio Madden, Brendan Williams, he was released yesterday. He had been used in a number of different roles by WWE. He was even once the Raw commentary. Then he was Retribution, and most recently he was used as Maximum Male Models. Mansoor was somebody that was used in a very interesting way by WWE. He signed with the company in 2018 after having a somewhat successful indie run as Manny Faberino, where basically he pretended he was a 17, 18-year-old kid just learning how to wrestle all the time. And yeah, it was great. It was great. I actually watched him wrestle a match where the... Top rope? No, bottom rope broke in the ring, and they had to improvise the rest of their match to only have two ropes. And the thing about both those guys is, you know, once they heard the news about their release, they, like, later that night, they went on Twitch basically just talking about, like, talking about, like, all the good memories they had in WWE. So, like, they didn't really, like, say anything bad about WWE. Right. They were just, they were just talking about it and say, like, all right, what do you guys want to see us do next? Yeah, I heard that was a very noteworthy-ish live stream. I didn't watch it, but you can go back on Brennan Williams' um, Twitch and watch the whole thing. It's like four hours long. Was there anything? I know you watched parts of it and so forth. Was there anything of note to bring up? So the one thing that, that caught my attention was like the original plan for like their story with American Alpha. They said the original plan was supposed to be that they were going to recruit Otis and then it was eventually going to lead to Otis joining, but then when they were, like, in front of a live crowd, they were going to, like, dump slime on him, and then it was going to lead to, like, Chad Gable coming to the rescue for for Otis, and then it was just going to lead to a, a regular match between the two teams. So Otis was going to join Maximum Male Models, or no? Was at first, and but then they were gonna like dump slime on him, thinking like, "Oh, oh you okay. really thought we wanted us to, to like recruit you and stuff." Gotcha. That makes sense then. But then it led to Maxine joining American Alpha. Then Maximum Male Models got like told they're like, "We're not gonna use you for a while." So, no dis so, yeah, no disrespect to Maximum Male Models, but I think the route they went was the better route of Maxine joining Gable and Otis because it's just phenomenal. It was, yeah, it was, but I know this is a very unpopular opinion, but I honestly really like the Maximum Male Models. I oh, know no, they were did. funny as hell. They were funny as hell, yes, no doubt about that. Like, like they had a cool theme song. They were, like, really funny. They were, like, whole, like, they were, like, like TV thing that mm. they did on YouTube was pretty funny. Right. But, I mean, yeah, like, I know a lot of people really want them to work Deadlock Pro Wrestling because... That'd be they cool. Because I know in the past they've done like some streams with Johnny and mm -hmm. New Legacy. So a lot of people really want them to do some stuff for Deadlock. 
moving forward here with the list, Shanky was released by WWE. He spent time on the main roster with Jinder Mahal most recently. He most recently actually wrestled in India for WWE at Superstar Spectacle against Gunter. Ulyssa Leon was released yesterday, according to a Fightful. She was growing as a tag team partner for Valentina Faraz, who was not released, but unfortunately, she was let go. Then we have a couple of names that you may not have heard of because they were from the Performance Center. Daniel MacArthur, who was a Performance Center recruit, confirmed he had been released. He had signed with WWE after SummerSlam 2022 and never made his in-ring debut on television. Kevin Ventura Cortez departed the company. This is another one that he went on social media and confirmed. He signed with the company in 2022 and once again, and once competed against the Viking Raiders alongside Javier Bernal on an episode of Raw in a squash match. And then Alexis Gray confirmed on social media that she is no longer with the company. She signed as she was signed as part of a big uh, class of the Performance Center just earlier this year. Never made her in-ring debut on television, but did state that, you know, I'd never wrestled before I got signed by WWE. I've now fallen in love with this. What do I need to do now to keep at this? Like, she doesn't want to stop wrestling. She wants to be a pro wrestler now. And now that she can't do it with WWE, she wants the help and the advice to do it going forward. Also, Brooklyn Barlow has been released by WWE. Brooklyn Barlow hadn't wrestled much on television, did a couple matches on um, Level Up, and I think her last match was against Thea Hale, I want to say. And then the final name that we learned about late last night that came to light, Ikemen Jiro. Fightful has confirmed that Ikemen Jiro was released after his last match actually came on an episode of NXT Level Up that was filmed on September 12th. The match is actually, I believe, slated for tonight, the air, or it aired last week. I can't exactly remember. So those are all the names that were released by WWE. Also, if you don't remember Ikemen Jiro, he was the guy that always had like the sports coat, the different fancy sports coats. He teamed with um, Kushida as jacket time. So those are all the names that were let go yesterday by the WWE. Some insinuary details here. The releases began in the early morning and went well into the afternoon. The names of those who were being cut were kept relatively close to the vest as people would normally be in the know were unaware of these releases. In recent times, WWE had also refrained from posting any messages on their website stating, excuse me, who had been released. Because if you remember back in the day, you'd always get the, oh, so-and-so has been released by the WWE. We wish them the best in their future endeavors. So-and-so has been released by WWE. They haven't done that recently, and they didn't do that again yesterday. All of those who were cut were told the news via phone calls. There was no official heads up from WWE officials to the roster that these were even coming. Like, nobody knew cuts were coming. Everyone were under the assumption, staff cuts, that's it. Then a week later, oh yeah, a bunch of wrestlers are gone. A Fightful did report that there was some frustration among talent that WWE first announced in the morning a $1.4 billion TV rights deal and then cut a bunch of wrestlers. So yeah, I can see frustration there. How many on the roster are of the belief that WWE timed the cuts alongside the announcement of the SmackDown TV deal in order to minimize the negative financial impact of the company's stock. TKO already had hit a hit a dip in the stock after the SmackDown announcement, and I don't really understand why. Maybe it's because the uncertainty of Raw and NXT, but yeah, WWE stock did drop yesterday. WWE sources told Fightful that some sort of mass roster cuts were not discussed under Triple H, so the conclusion is that these were maybe made by Endeavor, or as far as Triple H was not looking to make cuts, Endeavor then came in and said, we need to cut some people, make those calls. Uh, most of everybody that are cut yesterday have 90-day no-competes. I need to find Mansoor's tweet. He's got the exact date. He stated... I think it's December 20th, I believe. Yes, December 20th. He said, uh, please contact Mansoor Booking at gmail.com for all booking inquiries starting December 20th. And most are going to have that same date. If you're an NXT talent, like... 30 days for NXT. Well, I'm trying to see, like, which names would it have been. Quincy Elliott, 
Bryson Montana. Um, Dabakato, maybe. But, well, that's what I forgot to even mention. Dabakato was released. I don't know why I just I went over his name. Dabakato was released. Dabakato also worked on the main roster as Commander Aziz. He was even part of WWE's main event movie on Netflix. So he was released as well. I don't know his contract status. I think he eventually had gotten a main roster contract when he was Commander Aziz. So he would be under the 90-day. But as far as the 30-day do go, it would be che uh, Quincy Elliott, Bryson Montana, Ulysses Leon, Daniel MacArthur, Kevin uh, Ventura Cortez, Alexis Gray, Ikemanjiro, and Brooklyn Barlow. Would all have 30-day no-competes, I believe. Um, some other info here that does come from Fightful. Among the releases, Dolph Ziggler, who actually was ready to leave WWE years ago, got talked back into staying with the company. Those that we spoke to this week said that originally his WWE deal was actually set to extend into next summer. So Dolph Ziggler's contract was set to expire next year, middle of next year, and they just let him go now. Aaliyah was a name that many in WWE actually expected to be released at some point. She had signed with the company in 2015, was drafted to the main roster in 2021, did become a tag team champion, but then not used at all since dropping the tag titles last year, as we mentioned earlier. Some other news here. Let's pull up this other link. This also does come from Fightful. Mustafa Ali had asked for his release at one point and it never got it. Basically, they were told no, or he was told no multiple times. His contract was set to go to sometime in the spring or summer of 2024. But it's unclear exactly when in early to mid-2024. Elias is somebody that had not been used in TV in some time, but Fightful states that even as far or as recent as last month, Elias was pitching ideas for him to be on TV to creative. And then finally, Riddick Moss. Riddick Moss was somebody that Paul Heyman really had an eye on when he was in charge of SmackDown, I want to say it was, or Raw, I forget which show. I think it was SmackDown. When they had Paul Heyman as one of the executive guy, when it was Heyman and and Eric Bischoff running the shows for some, that was still it's such a weird time. But the, it was raw, actually. Yeah, I think it might have been raw. But Riddick Moss was, was first. They were supposed to have Eric Bischoff do SmackDown, but yeah. then something something happened to where they didn't have Eric Bischoff do it anymore, and I think they replaced him with like Bruce Pritchard, I believe. You're right. Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Riddick Moss was somebody, he came to the main roster because of Paul Heyman. Heyman was like, this is the guy I want. This is the guy that I think I can make into a main eventer. And then there we go. He was madcap, paired with Baron Corbin. Possibly the most success he had in WWE was then, and after that he just floundered. Like, it looked like last year they were going to have some big things for him. And then it just, nothing came to fruition from it. I think, I don't know. I feel like a lot of fans kind of got bored of him. They didn't really like his, like, ever since he, like, left, like, Baron Corbin, like, he didn't really have, like, a gimmick, though. But that's not his fault. That's just know, they that's not, not having fault, plans though. for him. And I've seen then people had, go, go for it. Then he had a match against Gunther for the IC title, which, Pretty I mean, good. it was a solid match. Yeah. At the same at the same time, like, no one really expected him to win it. Exactly. But, yeah, a lot of... Unfortunate news coming yesterday from the world of the WWE. Again, no other cuts are expected, so I don't think we're going to hear more names. Now, there may be a couple, like, PC names, like trainees down there, where it's like, oh, hey, so-and-so was let go. You don't know who they are because they never made it to television. But there's a lot of those every, like, six to seven months that get let go that no one knows about. On another note, now I do want to say this may be actually, mm, I'm going to move some stuff around. I usually chunk it all together where it's like, here's the WWE news. Here's the AEW news. Here's the whatever. But this WWE news could be a spoiler or is a spoiler for SmackDown. So I'm going to move it to the end of the show. I'm going to move it to the end of the show because it is a SmackDown spoiler. But uh, as we move forward... A lot of people want to know what's going on with Jade Cargill. So Jade Cargill left AEW. She lost to Chris Statlander on Rampage, and her contract seemingly was up that day. Well, 
She filmed last Wednesday, and then last Friday, her contract was seemingly up with AEW. She's been removed from the AEW roster page. And then it was said that this past Monday, she was in Orlando. We don't know exactly what went down with her being in Orlando. There's no actual word of her being at the PC. No one actually saw her at the WWE Performance Center like they saw Randy Orton. But she was spotted on an airplane leaving Orlando late Monday afternoon, going back to Atlanta where she lives. Now, in the most interesting news of all of this pertaining to Jade Cargill, and now the link doesn't want to load, WWE has filed a trademark for a name that many do believe could be used for Jade Cargill. Give me one second to pull this back up from the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office website. WWE, just this past Monday, trademarked the name Jada Parker. Many do believe that that could be the new name of Jade Cargill in WWE. It has not been confirmed or anything. We don't know if that's going to be for her, but who else could it really be for? I don't see any other person that can use the name Jada Parker. Granted, it can be for anybody, but it's the timing is interesting. She was said to have met with WWE on Monday, and then Monday, September 18th, they filed a trademark on the name Jada Parker, which leads me to believe, and this is, again, full assumption, speculation and all, no inside info on any of this, that she must have met with WWE at the PC, and this is the name she agreed on? Maybe they gave her... We always hear the, the, the stories of, they gave me a list of names, and I had to pick one. Or, they gave me a list of names, I got to pitch a couple back, and then we agreed on the name. And so maybe that's what they did on Monday. She was at the PC, they had a good meeting, they came up with a name, and yeah. Now maybe she's going to be Jada Parker in WWE. Any thoughts on the name? I mean, it's not a bad name. No. I think obviously... I think obviously I don't think they really wanted to give her like Jade because they already got like Cora Jade, so they True. probably didn't want like two Jades. So, and as far as like pitching names, I know Taya Valkyrie said a story where like when she was signed to NXT, they they gave her a list of names yep. and she and she picked Frankie Monet because mm-hmm. I think I think as far as like Monet, it was like something from like her favorite movie or something, her favorite book. And she really wanted to use it. Well, Mer- Mercedes stole that last name. Yeah. Money. Uh, Tony in the YouTube chat says Jade, Jade Cargill is the main roster, not NXT. I didn't say anything about her going to NXT, did I? You can't correct me when I didn't say that. All I said was she went to the PC. I didn't say she was signing with NXT. I didn't say any of that. So you can't try to correct somebody when they didn't even say something you're trying to correct on. Just because someone went to the... So, okay, okay, okay. That's like me saying, hey, Randy Orton was at the PC this week. Is he going to NXT? I didn't say that. No. But, anywho. I mean, a lot of main roster guys go to the PC to, like, work out and stuff. Like, I'm pretty sure, like, Big E goes there, like, to work out sometimes. Well, I don't know about working out. Because he, he hasn't even been cleared to get back into a ring yet. So, I don't know. Well, he did an interview. He said doctors told him as long as you're wearing your neck brace, you're free to work out. I think that's just regular workout, and I don't know if he's going all the way from Tampa to Orlando every day to work out, but I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Um, Tony said something about look at ringside news. Why? What? What's so... Uh, ringside news posts a lot of just random crap. Who? Who? Anyways. But yeah, Jada Parker, I think it's going to be the name of Jade Cargill. When she does come up into WWE, it's inevitable, and she doesn't have a no-compete. She can show up whenever she wants. She is free from AEW. Her contract expired, and so that's how Tony usually does it. Tony just lets your contract expire, and then you go from there. So she can show up literally at any moment. She could be on SmackDown tonight. She could be on Raw next Monday. She could be on NXT next Tuesday. She could be at No Mercy for all we know in Bakersfield. That'd be cool to be there live and see her debut. I don't know. I don't know. I, so, I think she goes straight to main roster, but there is a shot. There is a slight chance they put her in NXT for about four or five to six months just to get her adapted to the WWE style. 
So my biggest question is like, how do you have her debut? Do you, if it's like on main roster, do you have her like do like one of those shocking debuts, or do you have her like do some like vignettes saying like, like Jada Parker is gonna like is coming soon? Now, so so here's the thing: if Naya hadn't come back, I would have had her debut exactly how Naya returned. But now that Naya has already done that, just randomly jumping in and beating people up. I think you do the vignette thing and do the slow build of Jada Parker. Who is she? She is da da da. She's an athlete. She's a model. She's a this. She's a that. She's better than you. You know all these different things. I think you do the video thing. I would have loved for her to just show up and beating people's ass like Nia did, but they just did that with Nia Jax, so you can't. Because I don't want her just to all of a sudden just one week. Oh, we got this new lady. She's Jada Parker, and she's wrestling a match. Like what? You can't just throw her out there. Everyone, most are going to know who she is, but I, I wouldn't, I would like to do like the, the video treatment and build her up and be like in three weeks, in two weeks, in one week, just don't be Emelina. 152 weeks later, she still hasn't debuted. Well, my biggest like concern is like, what if the live crowd when she debuts, like doesn't know her? Because it could happen. I mean, there's a slight chance. But I think I think most WWE fans are going to know who she is. Just think about it. when Bronson Reed returned to the company, like he was getting like no reactions because like a lot of people didn't really true. know him. That's true. And like and like Cameron Grimes when he debuted on main roster, there were like people on there was like people saying like I don't know who this guy is. I, I just feel like Jade's a little different. Jade's name has gotten out there a lot while she was in AEW. Jade's name has gotten out there a lot since leaving AEW. I just feel like that one is going to be different than those. I get the comparison for sure, but eh, I don't know. I think she'll be fine. As far as another name that was spotted earlier this week at the WWE Performance Center, we don't have really any info on it, but Randy Orton was spotted there, which is weird, which also means that maybe Randy Orton could be coming back soon. Also, if you look at the video, it's hard to tell, but Randy looks like he has gotten big, and big in a good way. Rumor was that he's been working out a lot in the gym and has gotten swole. So, I don't know if he's like Brian Cage swole, swole Vereen, but apparently word is that Randy can't train in a ring, so Randy went and worked out heavy at the gym. Oh, that's, I guarantee you that's all he's been doing. Right. During his time off, like, even his wife kept posting a lot of workout videos with her and Randy, mm-hmm. so you can just tell this guy's been working out a lot. But yeah, we don't have any other info on Randy other than he was at the PC and he wanted it kept a secret because he literally was like, shh, shh, you can't see me. I'm actually not here. I like, like, he didn't want people to know he was there. So, good chance. Randy Orton might be coming back soon. I wonder how often they have fans like outside the PC. Just I was wondering the same thing. Out. Yeah. I was wondering the same thing. Like, do people literally just sit at the PC and wait to see who pops up? Like, that's weird. Get a life. I mean, come on. I mean, like, they, I don't know if they're, they're just staying, like, on the sidewalk by the PC so they can't get charged for, like, trespassing or anything. True. But it's like, are, are people really just hanging out over there waiting to see and spot somebody like it's a tourist attraction? It's not like... You're going to Universal Studios, and you know, oh, we might see so-and-so today. Like back in the day when Impact used to film there. Oh, we're at Universal Studios. We're going to hang out kind of over by where they film stuff because we may catch, catch a wrestler. That's different. You're already at Universal Studios with your family. This, this. But just to go hang out over by the Performance Center and wait, I don't know if that's the case. That's just weird. And I highly doubt that. There were all these people that randomly passing the performance center at the exact same time Randy walked up. They had to have been waiting there, waiting to see somebody or something. But as we move forward, talk some AEW news. We got some. Oh, yeah, it's like that at the performance it. center, though. Like, imagine what it might be like at the at headquarters. Oh yeah. Well, I I, I don't think like it would be as be I don't think it would be as bad. I feel like that might be a tourist attraction, though, the headquarters. It is. It is. A lot of people like to go to the Titan Towers building and take a photo in front of it. That is the thing. 
But as far as like wanting to hang out to wait and see a wrestler, you're going to have a better chance of seeing wrestlers at the PC than you are at the headquarters. Because I do a lot of their talent meetings like with Jade, with Randy coming back or whatever at the PC. They're not bringing... One would have thought Jade would be flown to Stamford, have a big meeting with like Vince and them in, in his office there. No, she was flown to Orlando and met with whoever there. So that's the interesting thing. That's the other thing that's kind of got me like, what the hell's going on with Jade? Why was she flown to Orlando and not Stanford to meet with like Vince or whoever? I don't know. That that makes me think she might be starting in NXT. As far as AEW does go, this past Wednesday, we actually saw two injury scares on the show. One that may be nothing-ish and one that could change the Wrestle Dream pay-per-view. First off, John Moxley. Now, John Moxley suffered a mild concussion in his match with Ray Phoenix that actually led to the end of the match being changed. Moxley was always originally supposed to retain the international championship, but he changed it and said, "Yay, Phoenix, you got to beat me. Now, many people thought that he was injured off of the pile driver. That's not the case. Because what happened was he took the pile driver, the black fire driver, I think is what Phoenix calls it. I don't know exactly. And it looks like his head squished on the mat. Phoenix then goes for the pin. Rick Knox counts one, two, and he just stops himself. And Moxley goes, what are you doing? Count. Phoenix does the move again. One, two, three. Phoenix wins. Word is, Moxley was not injured by those spots. Word is, Moxley was injured before the bell even rang. So Moxley and Phoenix were brawling on the ramp before the match started. Moxley then falls off, jumps off, whatever, gets thrown off the ramp. Phoenix does a flip dive onto Moxley, lands on his head, and that is when he suffered a mild concussion. Worked the entire match hurt. Commentary even said, John Moxley doesn't look that good. He's got a glassy look to him, like a glassy look in his eyes. The commentary knew this man wasn't all right. But fucking Rick Knox didn't and didn't do anything about it. This is the same man that let a basically lifeless Alex Reynolds lay motionless in the middle of a ring while a match was going on around him. So, do you remember a couple of weeks ago when it was Rey Mysterio versus Santos Escobar and Rey knocked his head off the floor? You remember that match? Oh, yeah. What happened? In, what happened in that match with a very similar situation? I think they had to they had to stop the match. Yeah, I believe doctors came in and stopped the match right in the middle because the referee knew something was wrong, called for the doctor and said, "Hey, we need to take care of this wrestler, Rey Mysterio." Rick Knox didn't realize it and just let it go. Apparently, Moxley told Phoenix early in this match, "You're gonna win because I think I messed up and shouldn't be winning." But was Rick Knox not made aware of that? Regardless, if fucking commentary from all the way up on their perch can notice that something's wrong with Moxley and the referee standing right next to him can't, this is not the first time Rick Knox has just let an injury go by the wayside in a match in AEW. Something needs to change and something needs to happen. Word is, though, that after the match, doctors checked on Moxley. They waited a while before he actually sat up and he walked to the back through the crowd on his own. People that were sitting in that vicinity where he walked said that both his wife, Renee, and the doctor did not look too pleased with how Moxley was acting. We then saw a picture of Tony Khan, Renee Paquette, Claudio, and Wheeler Yuta all outside Moxley's trailer during the show. And yeah, it was said that he suffered a mild concussion. Not seemingly all that bad, but again, it's a concussion. You got to take it day by day. Now, the other injury, which you would call a freak injury, was suffered by Adam Cole. So it was the main event of the night. It was MJF in a choke by Samoa Joe. Adam Cole then runs down the ramp, jumps off the ramp, and immediately falls down. He gets up, he runs over to the other side of the ring, and he's limping, and he's limping, and he's limping. And they're like, uh-oh, oh no, oh please God, no. And so he riles up Max, and Max ends up winning with the choke and this and that, and he jumps in the ring. He 
helps Max. He hides the thing that they used. And then I think, what is it? Joe shoved him and he couldn't like get back up or whatever. But word was that they took Adam Cole to the back. He got looked at and they immediately were like, you need to go to the hospital. He was released from the hospital on crutches. Now, according to, give me one second. Uh, According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer newsletter, it looks like Adam Cole's injury could be changing the upcoming WrestleDream pay-per-view. Now, I'm not going to give the spoiler here, but tonight on Rampage, there's a four-way tag team match with the winners of this four-way tag team match getting a shot at Adam Cole and MJF for the ROH tag titles at WrestleDream. Now, I don't care for this match anyways. Because the team that won is a nothing team to me. Like, what the fuck? But because of Adam Cole's injury, there is a chance he can't work the Wrestle Dream show in like two weeks. And they have to pull that match from the show. So Adam Cole's injury is said to be a real ankle injury. There's no real inj- uh, update on how bad it is. But it's bad enough to where they're under the assumption he could not, he may not work the show on October 1st. And then they'll have to change up whatever that plan is. Which is, fuck it, I'll just say it. Screw the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert, everybody. Let's throw that up on the screen. It's going to be the righteous of all people challenging Adam Cole and MJF for the tag titles. Do you have any anything to put here with the two injuries coming out of Grand Slam? I mean, as far as the Boxley one, I mean, referee, the referees down there, I know we give them, I know we give AEW crap out how the referees there aren't, aren't that good. I, I know everyone else does, but like they really need to like do something about this. Cause do you remember like, the Alex Reynolds thing? I'll have to look at that where he gets knocked out and is just laying in the middle of the ring. And I think it's the blade grabs him and drags him into the corner to tag him out. He's not moving at all for the next four minutes. He's just laying there in the ring while the young bucks are jumping over him and doing their spots and stuff with other members of the Dark Order and the Butcher and the Blade. It is this. <laughs> yeah. Fire Rick Knox. I said it then. For him to let that happen then and then this Moxley thing. Come on. Moxley was messed up to the point where he couldn't kick out. Well, no. No, I take that back. It's not that he couldn't kick out. Well, I don't. Apparently, Rick Knox should have known. And Moxley thought that he did know that they changed it. I don't know. Rick Knox? Yeah. Unless, unless like, Moxley was supposed to kick out and he just didn't because he, he knew, was. like, something was actually wrong. Well, no, no, no. Moxley was supposed to kick out because the plan was, the, the finish was Moxley winning. So, Rick Knox... Pulls his hand because he's like, I can't count the three. This isn't what's supposed to happen. So my question is, if Moxley reportedly told Phoenix of the change, did they tell Rick Knox of the change? Regardless, if commentary all the way up the top of the ramp can see from there that Moxley wasn't okay, how did Rick, Rick Knox not realize Moxley wasn't okay? That's my whole thing. Do you remember the Drew McIntyre on Drade Takeover match? It was like I think at the end of the match. Oh, when he think at the end of the match, yeah, tore his bicep. Yeah, it was like Andrade his finisher on Drew, and that's where he tore his bicep. The original plan was for like I think for Drew to kick out, but he didn't because he knew Mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm actually hurt. But the ref still just counted three. Like he didn't stop. You know why? Because they were communicating. Yes and no. I don't know if they were communicating, but in WWE. Referees are trained to call it like a shoot. If you're counting one, two, three, and that wrestler didn't kick out, oh, well, that's on the wrestler, not the referee. The referee has said, call it like a shoot. If the, if the wrestler doesn't kick out, that's the wrestler's fault, unless it's communicated otherwise during the match. But, like, we've seen it a couple of times in Dominic matches where uh, I can't remember who he was facing, but, like, he was supposed to, he did a frog splash, but the person was too close to the ropes. And so the referee didn't call, didn't go for the pin, even though that was supposed to be the finish. Because, in all actuality, 
the wrestler's leg was under the ropes. You can't, you can't, one, two, three, you can't count that. So the referees always told in WWE, call the match like a shoot. If they don't kick out, that's on them. If something happens, that's on them for the most part. What AEW actually needs to do is they actually need to like bring in like an experienced ref to like to like train a lot of these refs. That's a, the a lot thing. Of they have experienced referees like Paul Turner. That's the weird thing. They've got experienced refs, but most of the refs, eh. And I get it. Some of the stuff that we complain about is booking, where it's like, hey, this match has this spot booked in it, so the referee's got to not pay attention. And then a lot of the stuff we gripe about in AEW with the referees is Tony Khan making the refs look bad with his booking, to be honest. But this Rick Knox thing is bad on him, not Tony Khan in the booking. Is Paul Turner, is he the Impact Hall of Famer? Uh, I don't know about Hall of Famer, but I know he was in Impact. Let me see. I don't know if he ever went into the Impact Hall of Fame. I know there is a referee that, that's in the Impact well, Hall yeah, of Earl, Fame. Oh, yeah, Earl Hebner. Oh, oh, that's who it is. Never mind. Yeah, Paul Turner's been refereeing since 1998. Sheesh. So, he's been around for a while. But with that, we do have a spoiler, but, but, but spoiler alert pertaining to a big match set for tonight's Friday Night Smackdown. Uh, let me pull this up on the, not on the screen, but, <coughs> excuse me. I want to get the exact report here from... Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. So last week on SmackDown, it looked like they were setting up Jimmy Uso, Solo Sokoa versus AJ Styles and John Cena. Many believe that, oh, they'll do this at the Fastlane pay-per-view. Okay, no. According to Mike Johnson over at PW Insider, this match is happening tonight. Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa against AJ Styles and John Cena is actually tentatively scheduled for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. Not been announced by WWE. Not sure how they go about announcing or setting it up for the show, but it's on the rundown. It's set for tonight's show. They're not even saving it for the pay-per-view. They're just going at it tonight. I think what they should do is maybe have John Cena open the show, then have like Jimmy come out, talk to Cena again, then Solo and Jimmy both attack Cena, then AJ Styles comes out to rescue, then yeah. they say like, all right, tonight's main event's going to be a tag match. That would make the most I sense. Th- I think that's how they, they would do it. Yeah, that makes the most sense. Unless they just announce it right at the beginning of SmackDown. But I think you need to set it up a little more. Like, we got the setup at the end of last week's show, of course. But maybe set it up just a little more. But that is slated for tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. With that, guys, that is going to wrap everything up. I want to say that tonight is Friday Night SmackDown. And four things have been actually announced for that show. We're going to pull up WWE's website right here. Now, WWE's website only shows three things because I need to pull up Becky Lynch's tweet. Becky announced herself for SmackDown tonight as well. So let's go here. Pull this up on the screen. Technically, four things, oops, that's the wrong one, have been announced for tonight's SmackDown. Uh, We do know that John Cena is set to appear on the show. We do know that the WWE Women's Championship will be defended tonight when EO Sky defends against Asuka. We know that the Street Profits will be taking on the LWO. And give me one second. The Becky Lynch tweet's not wanting to load. Here we go. We got this. The NBXT World Tour kicks off today. NXT Women's Championship World Tour. Becky Lynch will be on SmackDown tonight, or at least at SmackDown tonight in Glendale, Arizona. And then she's going to work live events, Raw. It's interesting she's not slated for next week's NXT, but she's slated for the um, No Mercy pay-per-view. Basically what this is telling me is 
She's staying in California all week. Doesn't want to fly to Orlando just to fly back to California. Because if you look at it, she's going to be in Arizona tonight. Palm Springs tomorrow. Right here in Fresno, California on Sunday. Ontario, California on Monday. Bakersfield. She's going to stay in L.A. for a week? A whole week? Go from Monday to Saturday in L.A.? Well, I think she has a house in L.A. actually. So that, that would make sense. Bakersfield's only like a two and a half hour drive. Two hours if there's no traffic. So it's an easy, easy, easy trek. But I think she has a house in L.A. So that may make sense. Ontario is basically L.A. So yeah. Okay, cool. Becky's going to be on SmackDown tonight. Are you going to that Fresno show? No, because I wasn't paying for the live event and NXT. And my theory was I'd rather go to the pay-per-view than a random house show that's not going to mean anything. Makes sense. Yep. Now, at least, now I'm for pretty some, sure the now, tickets at those house shows are pretty cheap, though. That's exactly what I was about to say. If for some reason I find like a $20 ticket on Sunday, maybe I'll go. Maybe I'll just be like, screw it. I'm bored. But as of right now, I'm not planning on going. Because I'm going, taking the kids to No Mercy. So we will be at No Mercy. If anybody else is going to be at No Mercy, we'll see you there. That's going to be a very busy day for us. Because it's 7 in the morning. I got to get my son to his football game. Football game that starts at 9. Then my daughter's got a soccer game at the... Exact same time, like 9 30, 10 o'clock. Then we got to go home. Then we got to change. We got to shower, get to Bakersfield. That's a two hour drive, and hopefully make it in time. We should make it in time. But yeah, that's going to be a very busy, busy day for us. And you guys got to get something to eat as well. Well, we'll get that or at just we'll get that at the. We'll either, I'll either have them eat at home before we leave for like a lunch thing. Yeah, we'll probably eat lunch at home. And then get them like a hot dog or nachos or something at the building. I've never been to this building in Bakersfield, so I don't know the layout or the setup. If it was the Fresno building, I've been there 50 million times for shows and different things. So I know exactly how that building works, but never been to Mechanics Bank or something like that it's called. I don't know. New territory for me. But it should be I fun. Like those I feel like those concession stands are always always have like a long line during like wrestling shows. Right. Because even the ones that I've been to, like in the past, like for like pay per use and stuff or premium live events, like those lines are long. Yeah, my my advice for that is, soon as you get there, get in the concession line. Because usually, if you get there right when doors open, and well, depends on the building. Because I've been to some shows where concessions don't open right away, but they open like 10, 15, 20 minutes after the doors open. But if you can, just go get in line in a concession stand. And just wait. You're better off doing that. And then all of a sudden, 50 people get in a line ahead of you. Now, I know a lot of people like to go and get straight into the merch line. But to each their own. I know the last live event I went to, we we tried to, like, get something at the concession stand. Because, like, we were in, we we're in, like, a group. Because we had, like, the VIP passes. So we were in a group in there. And our guide said, like, all right, we're going to be at the merch line and the concession line booth. So if you guys want to get merch or or go to the bathroom or anything, now's the time. We tried to get, like, waters or something, and, like, they said they wouldn't serve us quite yet. Yeah. Hold on. We gotta go back to this Becky thing really fast. You notice this at the end, where it says 10-3 Orlando, Florida? That's after No Mercy. Is she beating Tiffany Stratton? Why would she need to be on NXT after No Mercy? Unless she's winning. Or setting up a re... I don't know. What would constitute Becky being on NXT after No Mercy? Unless she's still the champion. Is this a spoiler? Or, okay, or what if someone what if somebody helps Tiffany and then she goes back to NXT, you know, maybe setting up a rematch or something. You think Lyra turns on Becky? After helping I mean, if- Becky? Also, it is interesting. Becky's not going to be live there on the go home for No Mercy. They may film something with her at Raw to air, but weird, she's not going to be on the go home. That is a little odd. I feel like either her or Dominic, they need to lose one of their titles. Because I, yes. like, I honestly don't mind main roster guys holding an NXT belt, but like, don't have too much of it. But here's the thing with Dom. We don't even know what Dom's match is now going to be at No Mercy. 
because his No Mercy Challenger was just let go yesterday. That's a weird one. We don't know. We have to wait till Tuesday now. Well, no, no, no. Wait till Monday after the Dragon Lee match. We'll, 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 we'll know more after he defends the title against Dragon Lee on Raw. Where Mustafa Ali, Lee, Mustafa Ali was like supposed main, to be there. Go for it. I feel like the most sense would be have Dragon Lee win and just set up a rematch at No Mercy. Yeah, it makes the most sense, but it's like, well, yeah, no, it would make a lot of sense, actually. Because then they're one and one, right? Because he beat Dragon Lee on an episode of NXT. Now Dragon Lee beats him on... Yeah, that would make sense. They'll be one and one. Rubber match and have it for the top. Yeah. With that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up. I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PW Unlimited. YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited. And podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember, I'll be back live tonight following Friday Night Smackdown. Oh, Rampage is two hours tonight, too. If any of you guys watch Rampage, it's a two-hour beefy boy episode. So, yeah, that's a big one. But we're only reviewing Smackdown like always. And so I'll see you back there later. Luke, tell them they can find you. You can find me over at Twitter X at Petke underscore 21. And you can also find me over at Twitch at DLukePetke. Do it, that, guys. Have a great rest of your day. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.